mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, hour three is upon us. We have a couple lines open, 303-477-5600. Myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder and Ridgeline uh, Auto Brokers as well. Charlie Grimes, your engineer, and, of course, Larry Unger answering phones. Uh, Walt is up next in North Glen. Walt, welcome. Hey, how's it going, John? Good. Hey, I have a question for you. I have um, I have a 2014 Ford Escape, and I have these. They come with a self-seal Mm-hmm. Gas cap. Correct. Mm-hmm. No, there's no gas and, cap, basically. Yeah, basically. And I'm, so I'm trying to put, I put an additive in it every 5,000 miles when I get my oil changed just to help the fuel injectors. Uh-huh. And it helps out. But where can I pick that part? I, I, I don't know where to go for that part. I mean, it's just so frustrating because when I try to put the full fuel additive into it, it drips out. So since there's no gas cap, you should have a funnel backed by your spare tire that you can put in there. Oh, so it comes with the mm-hmm. jack kit? Yeah, there is a funnel, usually back by the jack kit or back by, depends on which one is, but usually by the jack pit kit on most oh, Fords. I've done. It's, it's usually just sticking right next to it. Right. It's, 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 there's a little wow. holder built onto it is what exactly, it is. Exactly, a little clip, yeah. And oh, a lot of the manufacturers are doing that now, by the way. And I've oh. gone to eBay and I buy those, and I just gave all my techs one. So that oh, because it. it takes more time to drag it out of the car. Right. So everybody's got one at my shop, so we can just pour... You know, the BG or whatever additives we need to put in the tank. Yeah, so you would recommend BG additive? Because I've never had oh, yeah. I've never tried it before. The 44K is the best. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good. But, yeah, I never bothered to look. And, if, and by the way, Walt, if you're doing that on a routine basis, use Josh's ID and buy one of those on eBay, Amazon, Napa, whoever happens to have an extra one of those funnels. That way, you'll always have that one in the car, and then you can just kind of stick one in the garage and have it when you need it that way so you're not you know scrounging around for it every time. Oh, that's a great idea. They're not well, that expensive. So and, and I like yeah. to have you know one in the garage because the 44K has kind of got a little bit of an oily residue. But you don't want to so put it back in there. putting that dripping thing back into your car, and it's going to yeah, stink. Yeah, I'd keep like the one fuel. on the jack for an emergency. So if you're out and about and you need to do anything, you've got it. But otherwise, you've got the other one in the garage all the time. All right. Well, thank you Make so it much, easy. guys. Yeah, right on. Well, thanks, guys, for everything. I appreciate all your info. You're very welcome, Walt. No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, and by the way, that's pretty true. So if you've got a vehicle with the capless gas cap is probably the best way for me to say it. The lid literally becomes the gas cap, I guess you could say. They've, they've got everything built internally to where there's flaps and things inside or when you stick the nozzle of the, of the uh, pump, the pump nozzle in, everything opens up. But to our last caller's point, for those of you that may not know this, when you try to pour anything else in, any kind of additive, even depending upon the five-gallon gas can you may or may not have, right. you're going to need some sort of a funnel or, or this spout is what really we're talking about. The spout, 
uh, make sure I explain this right, Josh. The spout is opening up those valves. It is. Those built-in valves to allow you to pour whatever in you want to. And most of them, right? it's not just that flap you see right there. It's further There's down There's another here. one that's so down So it's like there. a dual flap, right? Yeah, and it seems like whatever f- funnel you buy doesn't Isn't fit long right. enough, you right? You have to get the one that fits this car. Yeah, I don't know why they, well, I do know why they do that, because it's how they're, it's how they're getting around not having to have a gas cap and, and what they're doing there, too. So everybody listening is probably wondering, well, why no gas caps? Well, a lot of manufacturers, it depends on the manufacturer, Jeep, by the way, being one of these, struggled for a number of model years with check engine lights coming on because gas caps did not get on tightly enough. So a lot of these manufacturers have figured out, well, let's foolproof this system so that we're never having to worry about somebody coming back in, scanning the computer, and then doing nothing more than tightening the fuel cap. And by the way, that entire process wasted an hour of all of the, you know, service advising, you know, the technician's time and so on. So really shop time, there's an hour wasted for every one of these that came in. Let's see if we can't reduce that. And by the way, in a lot of cases, these were warranties that were getting charged back to the manufacturer. So at the end of the day, they were looking at, wait a minute, how do we fix this? Well, this is one of the ways they go about doing that, right? It is. And it's a common problem. You know, people get a new car. Some of them click once. Some of them kind of have a quarter turn. And they don't know. So we see it all the time at the shop and with some of the new cars we've sold. Right. You know, they get it. It was perfect. And then about two tanks later, the check engine light's on, and it was the gas cap. And they're just not used to Tightening the new vehicle right. and the way that one tightens. Yeah. So the way they've gotten around that is they put a, a, a gas capless, I guess you could say. And it, what, what's the technical name in the... I think it is capless. Is they call it a cap? I think I yeah. think it is just a capless fuel tank, and there's no gas cap anymore. They do it internally, which you know I talked about this on Ready Radio yesterday a little bit as well. It's also why you see on the movies, you know, every now and then you'll see some guy stick a hose down a, a late model gas tank and siphon fuel out. Um, no, not happening, <laughs> folks. Sorry, you you are not siphoning anything out of a gas tank this day and age. That's why having a locking gas cap on a late model car is useless because they're not siphoning anything out. Anything. Only thing that a a vehicle with a locking gas cap, when it has an actual gas cap, does is keep somebody from putting something into the tank. You're not going to draw anything out of it. And I think, by the way, the other reason why they use this specific device that Josh just said a moment ago as well on the capless tanks is, again, if you don't have one of those devices actually pouring some sort of a a contaminant into the gas tank, you know, vandalism, things like that, even that's hard to do because you don't have that device to make that happen. Yeah, it'll just get stuck. Correct. And if it's a lot, it'll come right back at you real so, fast. So that's why they're doing that. So, again, there, there's reasons why, and, and, you know, to give the manufacturers credit, you know, they really have thought through some of this to make sure that, A, it's vandal-proof, B, it's theft-proof. Now, they've done the theft-proof for several reasons, one for the emission side of it and so on. Um, but, yeah, since we've gone to, you know, we went to closed system fuel in, geez, what, Josh, late 70s? Yeah. Went to went to a vent, you know, non-vented cab, ventless cap in the it? late 70s, early 80s? 78, 79, 80. Depends so, on, I think by then, there were no more vented caps. No. And we have been a, we have been even a tighter closed fuel system since. In other words, what I mean by a closed system, there's no fumes, nothing is escaping the gas tank. It's why also we get very little to any ev- evaporation. It's why that gas in those late model tanks can stay in there 
so long, even untreated, it can actually be, you know, again, you can keep stuff in there for quite some time and still have, I mean, I've had vehicles that I leave untreated that a year later you can fire it up and it's still good to go, which in the old days you never would have done, but a new car, yeah, can you let a vehicle sit that long? As long as it's a closed system, actually you can. It'll stay volatile that long. Yeah, and ever since, you know, 96 with OBD2 and all the EVAP stuff that came in with which that. Which they're then just taking fumes and running them right back through, which, again, helps fuel economy, helps emissions, all of that. And and for the for the most part, it's just keeping that evaporation down as well because, you know, in the, in the old days, you could lose a certain amount of fuel. I mean, you left you let a car sit long enough, most of it would evaporate. Right. It'd just go away. Well, I'm sure you go into your garage or a garage that has an older car, you can, you can smell, smell it. it. Oh, you can smell them. Sure you can. And, and, modern, you can, and you can smell when it's starting to go bad. Right. In a modern car, you can't smell no, anything. you don't smell a thing. No. I, I I kind of have two sections to my shop, one where all the new stuff is and one where my dad and all the old stuff is. And you can smell the old side, the new side. You walk in, and if you smell something, you got a problem because there's typically no smell coming out of that of those late model cars, to your point, Josh. There's so. None. All right, questions for us. Let us know, 303-477-5600. Fuel economy savings, I'll I'll talk about a little bit of that when we come back because there's lots of things a lot of you could be doing to save fuel economy, and those are things there that, you know, just some common sense things I'll share with you. One being really quick before I go to break, which to me this is the easiest thing out there, but I can tell you just from, and some of you are going to say, well, John, how do you know? Well, because when you've done this as long as I have or Josh has, I can just look, and I can tell you there are still a lot of vehicles running around with under-pressured tires. In other words, nobody has checked the tire pressure in that vehicle for, I'm guessing, quite some time. I can look physically at a tire going down the road and tell you whether it's low or not. And I will tell you that every day I usually roll by somebody where it's not got the proper pressure, and I'm thinking to myself, I guess I just like spending money on fuel. Because that's what you're doing with that low pressure. Because it's it's putting more drag on the car. It's wearing out that tire faster. You're going to spend more money not only on tires, but on fuel as well. And it's such a simple, easy fix. Yeah, We're talking minutes and maybe a buck or two at whatever the, you know, because it used to be a, you could get air for free. But now I will tell you this. Any of our centers that we've got, any of our Colorado Select Auto Care centers, that are in our network, they will all help you fill up your tires for free. Just roll by, they'll, they'll inspect them, test them, fill you up, and on your way you go, and you don't have to mess with it. So just food for thought. Guys, we'll come right back. we got a line coming in. couple open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years, probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa Auto Parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. We live in uncertain times. Energy prices are through the roof. 
but what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you to determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening to us. Lines open, 303-477-5600. Don in Arvada, you're next. Hey, I was just going to tell you, I heard you talking about, uh, you know, siphoning gas out of the new vehicles. Yes. uh, I've seen on TV now where they're... uh, Drilling holes at people's gas tanks. Uh, that's you know, I, I said yesterday, even when it came to being, you know, kind of the end of the world scenario, preparedness stuff and so on, you know, you got to plan on what are you going to do for fuel, you know, as you're moving from A to B. And if there's a bunch of dead cars on the highway, you're not going to siphon them. So you better have a, a punch and a hammer or a little drill with a, you know, you know, three eighths or, or half inch drill bit on it because that's the only way you're going to get fuel out of a gas tank. Yeah, I see. You know, like, because the gas is so expensive, I guess that's how they're getting the gas out instead of trying to siphon it out there. You're not going to siphon them. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're emptying those. Uh, they've got to be, um, you know, some guys, if they're really good, could actually punch that with a punch and then stick a rubber plug up in it with a hose coming out of it and then run it right into another vehicle. But that's about the only way you're going to do it, Don. you got to be really quick, too. I mean, that, anybody doing that has done that before, and they're going to be sharp. Yeah, I I guess just because gas is so expensive, they're yep. trying to get it any way they can. That's right. I'm not shocked at that at all. 
and then it's and then crazy. that that's an expensive expensive fix because some of these fuel tanks if that were to happen they are non-repairable and by the time you pay parts and labor you're gonna have a twenty five hundred dollar bill putting a gas tank in something easy yeah that's what they said they showed a lady on the news that it happened to her at she was saying, you know how much they said it was going to cost? I can't remember the price, but... Oh, it's expensive, it you know, because the tank's going to be probably a 1000 bucks or so, depending upon the, the the make model and what they punched, if they punched through a skid tank or a shield. I mean, all those things. And then by the time you get the labor and everything to swap that out, yeah, you're going to be a couple grand minimum, if not if not three grand. I was going to ask you, uh, that guy that's with you today, does he sell motorcycles too, or...? We don't at this time. Josh no. does not. Uh, I was I got a motorcycle. I was a real nice motorcycle. I'm trying to get rid of it. I was just kind of wondering. What I is it? A 2008 Road King. Oh, Harley. It doesn't have many miles on it, and it's almost it's all original and everything. And it's almost you know, like Don. I've got a few guys I know that do some Harley stuff. Personally, not not with Josh, but send me a few pictures and let me see what I can do for you. You can just send those to my email or the text line, either one. It's on Craigslist, but I, I could do that, too. Yeah, just send them to me. I, I've got enough guys that I can I can send that out to and ask. Sure. Okay. Hey, thank you very much. You're very welcome, Don. I would be more than willing to do that for you and see what I can find. I've got even, – even Josh has a few guys that ride some bikes and so on. So, yeah, we've got enough guys, and I, I rode for a long, long time. I, I don't know. I've debated getting one again. And here's my – real quick. This I know this is off topic, but since Don brought it up. My biggest issue with riding a motorcycle isn't me. I can ride. I've been I rode motorcycles from gosh, my first I think the first mini bike I rode I was probably 7 or 8. My dad got us an Articat, which I wish I'd have kept the thing cuz it's worth a fortune today. An Articat mini bike. Yes, Articat made a mini bike. They were awesome. It was one of the best little mini bikes ever made and I've been looking. You can you can't find one today less than 2 or 3 grand, which Back then, I bet my dad didn't pay more than 100 bucks for it or so, clear back then. But anyways, I, I digress. I've been riding for a long time. And I would ride again. In fact, that bike that he was just talking about, it'd be a fun bike to own, be great. My biggest issue is everybody else. If I lived in some little town or even up in the mountains or something where you didn't have the traffic and the knuckleheads driving around, I, I would own another one in a heartbeat. It's all these knuckleheads you have to worry about. That's my problem. Yeah, I'd love to ride from like 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday. And after that, i got to be home and put the bike away. I Yeah, because I'm not driving it to and from anywhere during the week. Too, no. many, too many knuckleheads. So, yeah, I, that, that's, that's my biggest reason I don't own one. I sold the last one I had. I sold probably, well, let me think about this. Probably back in 2009 or 2010, something like mm-hmm. that. Um. Yeah, uh, and and lots of reasons why I sold it, but one of them being that I sold my last one seventeen. I wish I would have bought one during COVID. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you could have rode it. Cause I could have rode it. That's why there was nobody. Would have been perfect to ride. Yeah, it would have been great. Actually, I didn't yeah. think about that. I should have. Actually. But now we're back to. No, there's this. too many knuckleheads running around. Yeah. Now, question question I've got on that really fast is, will the fuel prices drive more motorcycle sales? should you would think yeah i don't know I, I, again i don't know good question brian and longmont's up next go ahead brian hey so i got a good story from california let's hear it um the, the price for gas at this gas station is going to be six dollars 
and 99 cents. And when whoever was setting the pumps up, they misplaced the decimal point. So instead of it being 6.99, it was at 0.699. Oh, good night, really. And uh, so what happened, they had an interview with a guy who had gotten some gas there. And they said that it wasn't found out until two or three hours after the station. This guy said, I looked at the at the uh, pump, and it said 69 cents. And he said, well, I, I got to try it. <laughs> so he was going to get gas anyway. And he said, sure enough, uh, he was pumping gas at 69 cents. And he said, I kept on pumping. So, <laughs> Wow. I wonder how many gallons went out that day. Well, two or three hours worth, however oh, much man. that was. That's a lot. Hey. Well, I had to pass that on. That's a yeah, that's a good story. I I hadn't heard that one. That's a pretty good story, Brian. Yeah, I heard it just yesterday. Unbelievable. You folks, have a good one. You Thank too, you. Brian. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm guessing somebody got yelled at. Yeah. One decimal point on fuel, that's a big one. It's a major issue. Especially now, especially out there when it's like seven like you said it should have been $6.99 a gallon, almost $7 a gallon basically. Yeah, I paid 5.71 last night. In gas? For gas. Really? Yeah. By my house. I couldn't believe it. Premium, regular It was premium because of the turbo. Still. It doesn't like running. Right, but still. Yeah, it that, That's like buying diesel. It was. I think diesel was cheaper. Good night. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so, folks, I said a moment ago, tire pressure. Easiest thing anybody out there can do to make sure that your fuel economy is staying good. I mean, literally, it's one of the easiest things that you can do. Now, for a lot of you guys that are, um, <clears throat> have listened to us for any length of time at all, and some of you guys that are driving you know, SUVs and trucks, and maybe you've ran a little more aggressive tread because of our winter months and so on, what I will tell you is we're probably at a time where if you sat down and did the math and you looked at what you could save by running a regular highway tire in the non uh, weather months that we have in Colorado. So you think about running that from roughly April till probably the end of October, and you look in some cases, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, in some cases, it's a one to two mile to the gallon difference in fuel economy. So if you look at how much you're going to drive in the summer, and you start adding that up and do your math, and knowing that, you know, keep in mind, even though you've got the extra expense of two sets of tires, they're now both going to wear half as much as they used to, so you're getting twice the life anyway. So you're really still spending the same amount of money on tires that you once were, but you're going to save on fuel economy. And if you can, especially you guys driving trucks, if you can find a second set of wheels where you just get them all mounted up and at home, you're just doing that swap on your own so you don't have any labor of mountain and balancing on an annual basis, twice a year, by the way, your savings over time really gets significant. So... For some of you that are driving trucks where you can go out even on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, whatever, and buy a inexpensive set of second wheels and tires, where what I would do is run your nice ones in the summer. Maybe you find some that have got some pitting or they're, so they've got some mag chloride damage or a curb checked or whatever. As long as they're straight and they're good, you could run them all winter long, put those on your aggressive set of tires, run the nice set of wheels and the highway tires in the summer, and at the end of the day, you're going to save enough money to make all this work and then be saving money down the road. Exactly. It, it's, folks, at two miles to the gallon, it's significant. 
Well, the ones I see all the time is if you have a hybrid and it came with the you know factory tires and you put something with oh, a, I can I can already tell you so on my on my bolt which is all electric as you guys know and I run Blizz X in the wintertime and I'll run the regular Michelins in the summertime I can tell you that part of my range discrepancy in the winter months isn't just the fact that the battery is colder and the temperature outside is colder no I'm going to lose probably 10 to 15 miles of range by running that more aggressive tire in the winter than I am in the summer yeah I've had that with electrics and hybrids i've lost five miles to the gallon just by switching tires so folks trust me on a lot of you guys that are running you know trucks suvs and you've gone with a more aggressive tire to be ready for winter which by the way i'm not against i'm, I'm all for that I, I would actually run that tire in the winter months but if you can if you can somehow swing doing a different set of tires in the summer months to save fuel economy do so okay a couple other things and we'll take a break here in a minute but a couple of other things Anything that is disrupting the airflow over the vehicle is going to change your fuel economy, even on the big trucks, folks. So what I mean by that is, and I yet to figure this one out, maybe these guys just don't care. If you drive a big truck, you know, half, three-quarter ton, one-ton truck, Dodge, even Chevy and Ford, not so much Chevy and Ford as is the Dodges, but if you're not hauling a load... A big trailer, by the way, not a load, but a big trailer. Why are your mirrors extended? All you're doing by extending those mirrors on, especially those Dodge trucks. Ram, I get it. It's not Dodge, it's Ram, but they're, they're always going to be a Dodge to me. But those of you that are running those mirrors extended, do you know you're just causing a loss of fuel economy by doing so? And frankly, you look stupid. I'll be the first to say it. If you're not hauling a trailer and those mirrors are extended, why? Are you that much of a redneck? You just have to have those things sticking out? I mean, guys, I own a gazillion of those trucks. I own two of them personally myself in my own personal fleet. I never run around with those mirrors extended unless I'm hauling something. Why do you? It's unnecessary and it looks stupid. So you're not helping yourself fuel economy-wise in doing so. Other things that affect fuel economy, this is for everybody listening. I've talked about this during the week on, on Rush to Reason, but roof racks of any kind. doesn't even have to be a ski rack. Those are the worst, by the way, because they're flat, and they're real, it's like sticking a board up on top of your car. They're going to reduce fuel economy significantly. But any kind of roof rack, any kind of box, mm -hmm. if that box doesn't have stuff in it and you're not going somewhere, take it off. Every one of these items that I'm talking about are made to come on, off, come on and off the vehicle easily. I mean easily as in less than five minutes to go on and off off is always faster than back on by the way uh, all of them have you know the ability with with a key to take in some cases the entire rack system on and off even the bars even a round bar Thule, yakima whatever it happens to be even those bars sitting on top of the car believe it or not they're disrupting airflow and they're going to cost you fuel economy those of you that run around with bike racks on the back and there's no bikes in the vehicle, yes, that is still drag and it's costing you economy on fuel. So I, I know folks don't think that those are big deals, but they are. I mean, I, I, folks, I can go down, I can go as far down the list of you guys running, you know, uh, trucks where you're running the big wide offset tires that are sticking way out. A, they look stupid. B, I'm going to talk about the load rating of those in a minute. But those are not helping your fuel economy. 
Believe it or not, even things like splash guards and fender flares can affect fuel economy. I know these things sound ins insignificant, but every one of these, when you start doing them in conjunction with one another, every one of them add up. And before you know it, you've lost three, four miles to the gallon easily, easily. In some cases, maybe more, depending upon what you've added onto the vehicle. Wings in the back. I know a lot of guys run around with some of the little rice burners and so on, and they'll they'll put those wings on the back. Um, no. Number one, they're not helping you do anything speed-wise. Number two, they look stupid. Number three, it's costing you fuel economy. I'm just saying, it is. All of that's costing you economy. Weight. Weight alone in a vehicle. Carrying extra whatever. I don't care what it is. Uh, I can't remember what the... I, well, I, I can tell you on race cars, if you're going up to Bandemir's and drag racing or doing anything along those lines, it, it's true to this day because the numbers don't change. Back in the day, 100 pounds was worth a tenth of a second in speed. So what does 100 pounds do for fuel economy? You'd have to do the math and measure it and so on, but more than you think. Yeah. So for, for every, you know, even just 10 pounds... You do 10 pounds 10 times, it's 100 pounds. So all these little things really start to add up over time. And it's sort of, Josh, how, how should I say it? It's, it's like suspension. It doesn't wear out overnight. No. It gradually wears out and you just kind of get used to it. You get used to it, you get used to it. And before you know it, it's bad and you don't even know it's bad. This fuel economy thing is the same way. You kind of start noticing it go down, go down, go down, go down. You don't really think much about it. And before you know it, it's everything from lack of maintenance, low air pressure. We've stacked a bunch of weight in. We've added things onto the vehicle. And before you know it, we're off five miles to the gallon and we all wonder why. And some of, you, some of you listening want to blame it on the fuel. Well, sometimes it is, but in a lot of cases, it's what you've done to the vehicle that have caused this loss of fuel economy. And there's all sorts of other little things that you can do. I'm, I know some of you listening are. I'm not a big hypermiler fan. Uh, some people have enough trouble driving, period, that I'm not going to come on here and tell you how to hypermile because i'm i'm already afraid of the way some folks drive in the first place so i don't want to add anything to that i know some of you hypermile and do it really well fine um i'm not going to recommend that just just saying i think there's other ways to do this so we'll talk more about this lines open 303-477-5600 we'll be right back though this is drive radio klz 560 your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever if you think that's a tall order maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change a BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. 
Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Want to keep making your 30-year payment but own in 15 years? Want to be able to access your equity for future needs and not pay for it now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. We have been showing Coloradans how to own their home in less time without changing their 30-year payment. Home values are at the highest in their history. Take advantage of being able to access your equity for 10, 20, 30 years without making payments now. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Worried about inflation? Everything getting too expensive? Learn how to be able to access your equity without having to refinance and pay closing costs over and over and over. Do it once and you're good for 30 years. Affordable interest mortgage, 720-895-0500. Tired of paying too much interest to own your home? Stop! Learn how to lower your total interest cost, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001, and where it's all about you is not just our motto, it's who we are. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. All right. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. So Dan, my old co-host, just said, so I guess that means I need to lose 100 pounds. (laughs) Good one, Dan. (laughs) Good one. Oh, that's pretty funny, actually. Um, Well, yeah, you know, we probably all could. I could take a few off, no doubt there. Nels in Fort Collins, you're next. Well, I was going to say that I, for the cheapest part that's went out on me, a bolt on the turbo... Oh, that'll do it. And then a fuel filter. That's another one that's cheap. You know, it's funny. Uh, Surprisingly, it's typically, Nels, it's those little things that typically go bad that we kind of either ignore, don't pay attention to, or whatever, that I know in my own in my own world, anytime I've ever had any kind of a, you know, you're stuck on the road kind of a thing, it's usually something small, not something major. Yeah. Then I've also had a valve stem, stem go out on a tire. Um, that's probably the cheapest of them all. Mm-hmm. Yep. That'll leave you dead in the water, too, for sure. 
Yeah. Yep. Really. Yep. Good. Those are good ones, Nels. Good one. Well, thank you. You bet. Have a great day. Appreciate it. Those are good. I, I, again, it's usually that little stuff that gets us. Mike in Highlands Ranch, what's up? Um, uh, John, thanks. I, what is what is hyper? What did you call it? Hypermile. So what what folks will do hyper- is you know they. They and and really, it's not that complicated. But what guys will do is, you know, figure out ways to put the vehicle in neutral, coming down a hill to where there's only an you know, where it's only idling at that point, where you know you're not running the RPMs up, and they do all sorts of funky things to try to get as many, you know, as much fuel economy as they can. And I'm not opposed to it if somebody really understands their vehicle and knows how to do it. I just feel like Mike, that's one of those things that you know, publicly. I need to be careful of because, you know, trying to teach somebody when to put something in neutral or not, um, some have enough trouble driving that I'm not going to go there. Uh, but, John, thank you for that explanation. My my thought about that is that what, what you're saving by trying to do that is absolutely minuscule compared to what you're doing from a from – a, a, Safety and agree, and what the vehicle's designed for. Give me a break. If I you agree. Need to save a tenth of a mile for crying out loud, then you you need to get a second job. I agree. And <laughs> and on top of this, this is where even Josh can jump in. There are certain drivetrains, transmissions, and so on to where running them at a high speed in neutral for an extended length of time is probably not even recommended by the manufacturer, Mike. So again, to your point, not only is it an issue on, I consider it a safety issue, but you could also have some other issues going on with the vehicle that you may not particularly care for down the road if you do too much of that. Gotcha. Now, real quick, I have to chuckle because uh, the 25 pounds I put on during COVID, by the way, we're, we're a funny group. The, hu- the, the human race is a funny group. We're, we're, we're like, no, I'm not counting the weight that I'm adding to the truck. I'm just adding the toolkit. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, your 200 is now 225. As you just said, every 10 pounds counts. Yep. And, I, and we, we tend to discount our own um foibles for lack of a better yeah term. yeah Very true. i mean you know i mean and i think that covid 30 or whatever we call it you know mike i'm uh, there are very few people that didn't pick up something during covid and you know as we yeah. all get older getting that taken off always gets tougher and tougher and tougher and but you know what we're talking about today and literally it's the truth for you know for every 10 pounds i'm sure there's some sort of an equation that you could figure out the math on a particular vehicle and what that's costing you in fuel economy oh without question i i gotta tell you every 10 uh, i just i've had two knee replacements for every 10 pounds on your body it's 30 pounds on your knees oh i didn't know that really so so it's a one to three ratio basically i didn't know that Mm -hmm. Yeah, huh. yeah, but but that's that's a different subject. That's the the health of your knees. But sure. I, 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 God bless you. You know, I had to laugh because I went. Yeah, none of us want to count the weight we nope no. nope on our broken we don't. vehicle weight. We don't. Well, but you know, what? it's funny too, Mike. Though because a lot of times we'll. You know, and Josh was talking about this during the break. You know, you just kind of stack some things in the car here and there and here and there and here and there. Before you know it, you got 50 pounds extra crap running around you don't need. Oh, yeah. Just clean out your car. I know. It it adds up. You know, when you're working on your house. It it adds up. And and by the way, it relates to. uh, Are you there? Yeah, Yeah. we're here. It 
it relates to your discussion, which which I was thrilled about, as you know, about gross vehicle weights and manufacturing mm-hmm. and towing and da-da-da-da-da. Guess what? Add that in there. Uh, so, and, and you brought you brought up something and, I was going to talk about anyways, Mike. Which again, most of these guys are probably not listening anyways, but I might as well say it. Right. I, I always, right. I always am very cautious when I'm around these guys that are driving these, you know, lifted trucks. And I'm not against lifting a truck, but I am, I am for doing it the correct way. But it always bothers me when I get around these guys with lifted trucks and they put these big, deep, wide offset tires and you know the 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 short little you know narrow you know tires on the rims and so on and again it's not that i'm against anybody modifying a truck but here's my problem with these guys hauling stuff with those they've changed everything so much and i know enough about that industry to know that it's unlikely that the wheel and tire combination these guys are running meets the demand and, and, and really keeps the GVWR up on the truck they're driving when it comes to hauling things, what I will tell all of you is I stay as far away from those guys as I can because I'm just waiting for one of those wheels to come flying off when they're hauling a big load. Yeah. Thank you very much. You couldn't be more correct, in my opinion. It's just absolutely insane, and and I see it all the time. It's dangerous, I, Mike, is what it I is. Know, I mean, are, are, the, these guys are doing things that simple. that truck was not intended to do, and they've changed it so much they shouldn't be doing it. And what are they running Absolutely. For they've changed the suspension geometry. They've changed the stress on every part of that truck suspension. Yep. It is absolutely insane, insane and nobody uh, it looked into that, but... Like I say, uh, I'm politically, I'm uh, from a, from that. You're not going to convince those guys any other way. Probably not. And, cool for school. And I, and I feel like, Mike, as anybody publicly that could talk about it, not bragging, but given that I did that for 30-plus years, owned facilities where we yep. did those modifications yep. and so on, I feel yep. like I can talk about that more knowledgeably than probably anybody else can. And I will tell you right now firsthand, I in my entire life have never hauled any heavy loads with a lifted truck because of what we're talking about. But when you were doing it, John, you had – specific understanding of the suspension geometry yep. and the and the and et cetera, et cetera. It, it, pardon me for, for but you had a specific understanding of that and I suspect it would be my suspicion that you had a discussion with people about oh, yes. what this means oh, yes. and what you need to do. You can lift it all you want, but there's other things that you're going to have to change. You can stick the spring spacers in, but this is going to cause this, 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 oh, and yeah. this. Oh, I, I had disclaimers on my invoices, Mike, that they had to sign understanding all of that. So not only did we have the conversation, but when it left, there was huge disclaimers that this vehicle has been modified from its factory condition. It will no longer yes. meet the specifications of what it was designed to do in the first place, blah, 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 and they signed it. And think of all the stuff we've seen. That, doesn't surpri- that, that does not surprise me, Mr. Rush. Well, I mean, honestly, Mike, I, the way I looked at it was, insurance-wise and so on, I really you know, didn't have much of a choice. And, and I got a lot of criticism on forums and other things back in the day because a lot of the off-road community didn't think I did things correctly and I was too conservative and this, that, and the other. But knock on wood, I never had any accidents. Nobody died. We had no issues. And I take a lot of pride yep. in that. 
Yep, good for you, and and kudos, kudos. By the way, so well, listen, great show. Thanks, Mike. Enjoy, it. always enjoy it. Appreciate it, sir. We'll be back. I want to touch on that a moment in a moment as well, because a lot of you guys that you know may even know somebody along those lines, and it's not for me to be, you know, judgmental or critical against somebody and the modifications they do on a vehicle, but I want to make sure when somebody does those, they're being safe at the same time because as i used to tell all of my customers it's not just you and your safety it's the safety of everybody around you that you're driving around the passengers that you have and so on and that's where this becomes so critical so the modifications you make to a vehicle need to be done correctly because if not you're jeopardizing the safety of everybody else around you when you're driving so we'll talk more about that finish the show up when we come back anything you want to add to that feel free to do so 303-477-5600 this is drive radio klz 560 At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa. Get the good stuff. In these difficult times, Arvada West Auto and Truck is geared up servicing and maintaining their customers' vehicles. Throughout the COVID disruption, they still manage to keep their staff busy every day. As a reminder, Arvada West Auto and Truck specializes in electrical, climate control, brakes, tune-ups, emission failures, exhaust, steering, suspension, drivability issues, and maintenance services. Come visit or call Arvada West Auto and Truck. 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass 
glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive or uh, Ridgeline Auto Brokers up in Boulder with me today as well. Charlie Grimes, our engineer, and, of course, Larry Younger answering phones. Back to our discussion on some of these individuals that run uh, trucks. doesn't even have to be a bigger truck because I see this problem all the time. And it's typically not on commercial trucks. It's typically on a kind of a single owner-operator. There's usually not a name on the side of the truck. It's normally somebody that... You know, maybe they've got a small landscape company or construction company, and they might have a dump trailer or a gooseneck or something along those lines, and it never fails. I I get next to those guys. I I can look at the wheel and tire package they're running. I can look at the load they're carrying, and I'll be the first to tell you, I I get as far away from those individuals as I can because I'm just waiting for something something bad to, you know, go wrong. Because something's going to come apart. And, And let me explain what I mean by that. And Josh and I were talking during the break. So first things first. When you put a really wide, positive offset tire, because all these late model trucks now have negative offset wheels. Mm -hmm. Negative meaning there's more wheel to the inside than to the outside of the center of the axle, okay? Center of the wheel. And anytime you start moving that to the outside, positive offset, and I know that's the way vehicles used to be made back in the day, but they soon decided that we can carry more weight, we can get better longevity, let's let, we can get better better uh, turnability, all of that, and we, can get, we can get better turning radius by moving that wheel in, so the factory started doing that, I think GM was one of the first to do it back in 1988, mm-hmm. when they came up with the independent front suspension trucks. So when you take and change from that and you move that wheel to the outside, that that offset to the outside, Josh explained it really well a moment ago. It's like taking a big lever. Mm -hmm. It's like a fulcrum. A fulcrum, yeah. You you just added, and I don't know that, I'm I'm not a mathematician, so I don't know the geometric um, formula for this, but I'm sure there is one to tell you how much more force when you move for every inch you go outside of that center you know, different from what the factory made, you are adding X amount of force to that, not only the suspension components and all of that, but especially the wheel bearing, the, wheel the bearings. axles, all the stuff that, that everything is mounted to, ball joints, on down the line we go. All of that now has that much more pressure on it from you adding a positive offset wheel to the vehicle. And in some cases, some of you guys out there are running a probably 10-inch because I can see it sometimes a 12 inch because you stick them way outside. I don't, I don't, still don't know why, but whatever. You run a 12 inch, you know, positive offset rim, and then you wonder why you've got other mechanical problems on down the road. Well, we see it all day with spacers. Every time I see a wheel, set of wheel spacers on there, I'm gonna put a set of front hub bearings on there before you know it. By the way, spacers should have never been allowed. That's my opinion. I hate spacers. And some of them are just dangerous. I I don't think I, I'm one that says spacers should be outlawed. Sorry, I just I'm not I'm that guy. I I if any ever ran i mean i can count on one hand the amount of times that because of a particular application and something we had to do to make something work we actually and we had a a particular company back in the day that would custom make us wheel spacers that i felt 
confident, were good, strong, solid. They were made to our specs. It was a whole different world. Not what these guys are doing now. I, I, I think, again, I, I'm one that will tell you that I don't think spacers ought to be allowed, period. Yeah, they're pretty scary. They're just not. The other thing, and I've talked about this plenty in the past, and I'll take a second here and explain this, especially on trucks, but it applies to cars too, but especially on trucks. We have two different types of wheels in, the, in, in systems, I guess you could say. The factory uses what we call a hub-centric wheel. Hub-centric wheel means all the lug nuts and lug studs are doing is keeping the wheel up against the hub tight, but the hub, the center of the axle, if you would, is holding the weight itself, not the studs, Mm -hmm. not the studs and nuts. When you go to a lug-centric wheel, you've gotten away from the hub-centric, and now all of the weight of what you're carrying is on the lug nuts and lug studs. You've changed it dramatically from what the original intent was from the factory. And by the way, everything that's written on the sticker of that door goes away. It doesn't apply anymore. How much can you take off as far as weight carrying capacity goes? I don't have an answer to that. It depends on the wheel, the manufacturer. By the way, every manufactured wheels has, has a weight limit as well. And I can tell you this up front because I've seen it with my own two eyes. Most shops selling you those wheels and tires and or if you're buying those things online, very few people check the load rating of the wheel itself before being installed. They just throw them on. And in some cases, if you've got some of these late model vehicles where you take a three-quarter ton Dodge, Ford, Chevy, uh, where they've got a 14,000-pound weight-carrying capacity of the truck itself, and you're putting a wheel on it, four of them, that maybe has a 3,000-pound capacity each, you just lowered the weight-carrying capacity total of the truck by doing what I just said. And by the way, some may not even have three. There's some wheels out there that are made that are down in the twos. Now, one more thing to add on to this as far as another layer is concerned. And again, I know some of this from experience, folks. Even though a particular tire may be an E-rated tire on a heavy-duty truck, E being 10-ply, the tire itself even though it's E-rated, will have its own weight-carrying or load-carrying capacity on that tire. So even though you may be looking at a Goodyear, a Toyo, a Michelin, or whatever, you have to go to the chart and look at that specific tire that you're going to buy or that you now own and look to see what is its actual weight-carrying capacity going to be. What's its max load? It'll say it on the tire itself, but before you buy it, you need to be looking at it. Because in the past with me, there are times where I've looked, gone down the chart and I've looked at, I want this size, but i got to have weight carrying capacity. Oh, guess what? It's not made. Right. So I'm going to have to adjust something to make sure that the tire that I've, I'm running meets the demands I've got for weight carrying capacity. So I may have to shift my width, my diameter, whatever the case may be, to still fit what I need for weight carrying capacity, because just because it's a load E doesn't mean they're all the same. Huge misconception in that end of things. Some people think, oh, it's E, it's good. Is it? Is it for what you're doing? You don't know until you get that specific chart out and start looking at what is the actual weight capacity of that tire. And again, folks, I will tell you straight up, there are shops in this town, four-wheel drive centers in this town that will not do anything I just said. 
A, they don't have the knowledge at the counter to do what I just said. Nonetheless, follow through with it. I know I'm picking on folks, but folks, these are safety issues that all of us can be affected by because we're all sharing the same roads. That's why it's such a big deal to me to make sure this stuff is done correctly. And I can tell you right now, a lot of them are not. I can tell by looking at the vehicles that are running around, they're not done correctly. Right. You can't take an F-350 and put a 12-inch offset tire to the outside and go put the original trailer that you were going to put on that truck when it was stock. It ain't working the same way, folks. Sorry, it just isn't. And you can be mad at me all day long. I'm just telling you the truth. All right, I'll close with that. Josh, give us your phone number one more time. 303-396-0555. Awesome. If you need a vehicle, either fixed, repaired, or you want to trade and buy a new, whatever it happens to be, Josh can help you out up in Boulder. Larry, thanks so much. Charlie as well. Sportsman of Colorado coming up next. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. This has been Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.